Welcome to episode number 79 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series dealing with how to increase our faith in order to receive the blessings of God. We've taken a lot of steps, covered a lot of ground so far, but we have a long way to go in order to complete the study of how God's Word tells us to increase our faith and how we can accomplish that. Recently, we talked about subjects like the words that we speak and the actions that we need to take in order to increase our faith. Today, we're going to get into the topic of how to increase our faith by claiming it, literally claiming the promises of God. Today's entitled, We Must Call Forth Our Faith to Receive. I tell you, I'm excited. I believe that once we learn the secrets and understand the teachings that God has in His Word about increasing our faith, you're going to be blessed. Now, I referred to Him a moment ago as secrets. In reality, there's nothing in the Word of God that's a secret, but it's unknown to many people. So we're going to go from week to week, from Scripture to Scripture, and analyze the promises that God has given us to increase our faith. As I've mentioned before, we're all given a measure of faith. I don't know what that measure is. Some people say to one person it's a large measurement, to others it's a small measurement. But I have a tendency to think that God tends to bless us equally. And so I believe that we're all basically born into the kingdom with a certain level of faith. When we become Christians, God gives us equally a measure of that faith. When I refer to something as calling it forth, sometimes it's just as simple as that. We need to believe for something that's not as though that it is. We call it forth. We claim it. We believe for it. It's like an athlete that goes out to play a football game and he says, I'm calling forth a victory. I'm believing for a victory. Now he has to do something in order to accomplish that victory. And it might be a little ego on his side. But when it comes to the word of God, we are challenged to call forth those things that are not as though they are. We are challenged to pray. We are challenged to increase our faith and believe for God to do great and mighty things in our lives and in the lives of others. So this kind of reminds me of a story that I'd like to tell you about when I was writing a book one day. I was working on this book and I hadn't noticed that the room had become dark. Basically, it just was surrounding me, but I was so into the book that I kind of forgot that the light was gone and I was squinting at my laptop and typing and doing the things that I was doing and I didn't realize that it was dark. It was approaching nighttime and I was literally sitting in a darkened room at a desk with a lamp I had not turned on. Now, I should stop right there. See, right in that room was my answer to darkness. There was a light. It was on my desk. All I had to do is reach across my desk and click on the light and I would have the light that I needed. But it's one thing to have the light there. It's another thing to use the light. That's the way it is with the Word of God. We have the Word of God. It sits on our table. It sits on our desk or it sits in our pocket or it sits in our car or wherever we put it, whether it's on your laptop or whether it's on your cell phone, whatever. We have the Word of God. But we must use the Word of God in order to understand how to bring light into our life and understanding into our life. And it's that way when I talk about calling forth something from nothing. See, the lamp had not been turned on. So my wife was walking by the room and she looked in and she said, Honey, why are you sitting in the dark? Would you like me to turn the light on? (laughs) So at that time, I was starting to write a chapter in one of my books and it was entitled, Call It Forth. Matter of fact, the book that I was writing then was from the book that I'm using today as my outline for this teaching, this series on how to receive faith and how to have faith to receive from God. So all I had to do was call forth the light by reaching over and clicking it on. So 
Almost immediately, I was reminded of the words that God spoke in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. In the New Living Translation, he said these words, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. It's interesting to think that many times the answer to prayer is right in front of us. The answer to our need is right in front of us. All we have to do is reach over and call it forth and claim it and click it on. You see, when I talk about calling forth, it means we need to take action. Anytime you want to see anything accomplished in your life, we need to take action in order to get the results. Let me compare it to a football game. I've been watching football lately because it's that season and I'm enjoying it. But I've noticed the other day that there was a football player. He was on the field and a guy fumbled the ball. That means it fell out of his hands and it was laying on the ground and anybody could pick it up. One guy was standing there and he just looked at it like I guess he was shocked that it was there and he did nothing. Another guy saw the ball laying there and he took action. He jumped on top of it, claimed the ball, and wound up picking it up and running it into the end zone and had a touchdown from it. Now, he took action and therefore that's what it requires. I needed to take action to turn the light on, to get the light on in my room. The football player needed to pick up the ball in order to receive something and we need to do something in order to receive an extra measure of faith or to increase our faith to receive from God. Now, as I was sitting there in the darkness and wondering, I guess I really wasn't even wondering why it was dark. I was just simply so enthralled with what I was doing. It kind of hit me that I was working in a dark room when all I had to do was turn on the light. So I'm hoping today, let me just believe that today, that many people will turn on the light and realize that the light is the Word of God. The Word of God is a light unto our path, and let's believe for that today. So I'm going to pray and ask God's blessing as we get into this teaching. Father, I pray that you would anoint this teaching today. I pray the Holy Spirit would come forth and give me light to share with others, and that others would receive that light and call forth the light into the darkness maybe they have when it comes to their level of faith. I believe, Lord, you're going to do a great work today, and I pray the Holy Spirit would move and help me to teach it the way it should be taught and help it be received by people, and they would receive the light of your word. I ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, all we have to do to work in the light is to call it forth. Now, many times the things we need simply require us to call forth what we need. In other words, we should claim what we need based on our faith and our God to provide it. In our house, we have a medicine cabinet. I've renamed our medicine cabinet. I call it our lack of faith cabinet. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking medication to taking a pill if you're not well. Even if you have a headache or something, I don't have a problem with that. But many times, maybe we should just call forth our healing and ask for God to touch us. So you might want to try it next time you get a headache headache or you get a cold or something that comes on, maybe first go to God and exercise your faith to believe and trust God to heal you. Now, I don't have a problem. Once again, if you decide you want to take a cold pill or something like that, that's fine. But I renamed our medicine cabinet the lack of faith cabinet because sometimes we run to that cabinet first before we take a chance and stop and think, God, maybe you'd like to heal this. So now I kind of have this thing going in my life that if I get a sore in my pain in my back or a difficult time in my knee or something and I'm feeling kind of getting old and feeling uncomfortable, I just like to pray God's healing touch, divine touch all over me before I run and take a pill. So with that, let's move on and let's talk about how to increase our faith and take that step to receive an increase in our faith. In order to increase our faith, we must claim what we need based on our faith in our God to provide it. First step is believe that God is able. 
Second step is go to him directly and ask for him to meet the need that you have. You know, that is what we are doing when we pray. Anytime that we pray, we're basically asking for something to come forth that isn't, and we like to see that come forth in our life. In our prayer time, we are usually calling for something that does not exist to come forth. Yet to many, the concept of believing for things that don't exist as though they do, it's difficult. It's very difficult. It's challenging to them. Our nature is to struggle with believing that something comes from nothing. Yet, got to stop and think. We came from nothing. God created the heavens and the earth from nothing. God gave Abraham and Sarah a promise of being the father and the parents of many nations when they, quote, had nothing. So we've got to take promise in that and believe for that. All of this reminds me of when my wife and I owned a custom home development company in Scottsdale. I was a banker, as you probably know, for many years. I served as a banker and I financed a lot of home builders and realtors. And I enjoyed the real estate business from a banker's side of view. But I often wondered, what would it be like if we started our own company? So my wife and I prayed about it. And after a few years working hard and what I did at the bank, an opportunity came forth for us to start our own business. And we did. I would usually work with people who wanted to have a home built. I would meet with people, maybe a couple, maybe an individual, it might be a whole family, who wanted me to build them a new home with some of the ideas that they had been thinking about. They had thoughts about what this should be and what that should be, but they couldn't sometimes explain it to me and they couldn't imagine it because they weren't they weren't trained in it. They weren't experienced in looking at a drawing and understanding what that would look like in a home. So in order to save them a lot of money, I would occasionally take the potential home buyer into a beat up, broken down, out of date home. Then I would attempt to explain to the home buyers what the home could look like if they would buy it as is, in the condition that it was. Now trust me, I told them, I would look at them and say, you gotta trust me to turn this thing into your dream home. They needed to trust me to turn that pit into a palace. The buyers usually could not imagine what the remodeled home would look like. Even with home blueprints, they could not see what their home could become. See, they could not see it and understand it because they just couldn't relate to it. They hadn't trained themselves, hadn't trained their mind and their heart and to understand that a drawing will look like this or will look like that. So many times, we'd have to pass on taking an old house and fixing it up and I'd have to start from scratch. And I'd have to take them through something that they had seen, something that actually had believed. Yet faith is different than that. Faith is for calling forth those things that are not as though they are. Prayer is praying about things that haven't happened yet that you want to have happen. When it comes to a house like that, they have an idea, a plan of what they want. But many times the only way that I could get them to get on the same page that I was on is if I took them through one of my model homes, one of my brand new model homes. And as I walked through the home with them, all of a sudden they could see it. Now they could say, okay, you can do that in our home. And even then they struggled with it when we were building it. So it's interesting that faith plays a role in many parts of our life. To some, it's a need for a physical touch. To others, it might be a financial need. To others, it might be looking for a spouse. And to others, it might be building that first home. But faith plays a role in our life. And many times, the only way we're going to see that thing that we desire, that we want, that we're claiming, is to reach out and grab it and to claim it and call it forth in our life. I believe that and I'm going to teach that until the day Jesus comes back and takes his church into heaven. Let me digress just a little bit to those people that wanted me to build them a home. You see, all they knew was what they saw. That's it. If they could see it, they would believe it. But if they couldn't see it, then they couldn't imagine it. 
But the Bible tells it, blessed is those who believe, yet they've not seen. And it's interesting to think we've got to start thinking that way and start believing that way. See, these potential homeowners knew what they wanted, but struggled with believing for what they would get from what I showed them. Now, as the home developer, I had been through that process many, many times. It was easy for me to see the end product, but many times it's not easy for us to see the end product when we're seeking God for faith to believe for something that we need. So I'm going to move forward with this teaching today and just kind of remind you that this whole process is something that I can teach, but it's also something that you must catch. The old saying goes, I've said it before and I'll probably say it a dozen times in the future, and that is some things are taught and some things are caught. I'm trying to teach you a concept about faith, but you're going to have to catch it. It's going to have to get into your spirit. You're going to have to believe it and accept it and anticipate it happening in your life. Just like when I was building homes, my purpose was to help people believe for something they cannot see. My purpose in this teaching, in this podcast, in this series on prayer is to basically help people believe for something they cannot see. Now, as I mentioned previously, some things are taught and some are caught. Although I tried to teach them what they would have, they almost never caught the look of their finished home until it was actually completed. After listening to these podcasts and this teaching that you're going to hear over and over again about the concept of calling forth and believing for things that haven't happened in your life that they will, for picking up that old dream and believing for it again, for for calling those things that are not as though they are, this whole concept, it will become so embedded in you that every time you pray, you'll be looking at the end result. Instead of looking at the problem you're facing or the circumstances you're in or what the trials you're going to have to go through, you'll jump to the end result and see the blessing of the Lord and you'll walk in that blessing and claim that blessing and believe for that blessing. Kind of reminds me of when we built the church that I pastored for 20 years. It was just a piece of desert land and filled with cactus and things of that nature. But we decided to build a church there and we got the plans drawn up. And I went out there many times and walked on that property before the building even existed. And I'd ask the Lord to show me what it's going to be like and to reveal to me what was going to be like. So in our prayer life, when you're wanting more faith, why don't you ask the Lord to show you what it's going to be like, to show you and reveal to you what it's going to feel like when that prayer is answered and your faith grows and increases. As we go through this teaching, we're going to have to understand to trust the Lord to bring forth things in our life that currently don't exist. And yet we can do that with confidence. You know, faith, as it says in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's interesting. How can you have evidence of something you've not seen? Well, you have evidence by your faith and by your trust and by your confidence and your understanding that God is able, that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything we can imagine or even think. And so that's how we grow in our faith, to believe that God can do it and then to claim it and know that faith is substance. It's real. You can reach out and touch it and thank God for it in advance. You know, I'm just like anybody else. I've had challenges in my life. I've had difficulties in my life. I've had physical problems on three different occasions. I've been told that I had incurable diseases and that I would die in relatively short periods of time. But I just wanted to trust God and believe God that he wasn't done with me yet. And so I just claimed the promises of God and he decided in his 
sacred ability to decide because he's sovereign that he would touch me and heal me. And so I'm moving on with life and just trusting God. But that doesn't mean I didn't have my challenges, that I didn't have the times when I was facing things that I didn't really know how to deal with them, how to handle them. So I had to get out of myself and get into a level of faith to believe God and trust God. And one of those cases or situations that I think of right now is, is that back in the year 2007, the housing market in Arizona was struggling and property values had declined as much as 60% for a single-family home. Now, the church I pastored was in a building program, and my wife and I wanted to sell our home and give a large donation to the church. We prayed about it and agreed to put our home on the market. When we listed our home for sale, we believed the home would sell for a specific amount. The realtors that we were talking to said, no, you're wanting too much. It's not going to sell for that much. They tried to convince us to lower our price, and we thought, well, no, we've got to get a certain amount of money out of it so we can afford to buy another home and also bless the church. So we set a price on our home. My faith was usually higher than the faith of the realtor, and that's kind of be expected unless that realtor is a believer in Jesus Christ and understands what faith is all about. Now, during that time, it seemed like wherever I read in the Bible, I would see examples of Jesus calling forth something from nothing. It seemed like when I had a need, every time I pick up the Bible, I would read things like Jesus turned water into wine. He turned a little boy's lunch into a dinner for thousands. He raised the dead. Now, my concern for our home selling in a bad real estate market seemed a little pale compared to the miracles that Jesus experienced. We needed to call forth a buyer for a higher price than the realtor could even imagine or even think. So we put our faith in the Lord and not in the real estate market or not in the realtor. We prayed and I spoke to my wife about let's give 10% of our expected profit on our home before we even sell it. Now, to some of you, I lost you right there. You're saying, you got to be kidding me. It's a tough real estate market. And all of a sudden, you got a price that the realtor thinks is too high. And so you're going to go ahead and pay tithe or 10% of the profit you're going to make on a home that you haven't even sold yet. So why would you do that? Well, quite frankly, looking back on it, I guess it I guess it's understandable. A lot of people would struggle with that, but I just believe with all my heart that God was going to bless us and that we would be able to bless the church. By the way, giving 10% of our profit was something that would just come naturally anyways. And if if when it comes to giving, we've got to just trust God for the finances to come in. We got to work hard, we got to plan hard, we got to budget well, we got to do those things that are good in our finances, but then we've got to believe that God will complete the financial blessing in our life and, and enable us to do things that sometimes we think we can't even do. So anyways, we decided we're going to give 10% of our expected profit on the home that we had lived in for several years before it was even sold. I guess some people would think that was pretty crazy, but we agreed to do that. My wife and I were in 100% agreement, just absolutely locked in that that was the steps that we should take, and so we were going to do it. So that Sunday, before I took the church offering, I told the church what we believed God's word promised about calling forth something from nothing. We gave the church a very large check, which was just 10% of what we thought the profit on our home would be. Now remember, we hadn't sold it yet, and we didn't have the money. That amount would be well, maybe I should just tell you. That amount would be $35,000, which would be the 10% of the $350,000 that we thought we would make on the house. Now, we did it, and we thought, God, you're going to bless it. Besides, if for some reason the house doesn't sell or whatever it might be, then we're just blessed to be able to give money to the church. Now, you might say, well, that's nice. If you have the money, that's really great. Well, no, you might think I'm even crazier because I took another step, and that is my wife and I said, honey, in order to give that $35,000, we don't have the money in the bank to do that, so why don't we put out a second mortgage on our house for $50,000 
and let's give 35000 of it to the church right now and just believe that God's going to bless it. Now, I'm not encouraging you to get in debt. I'm not encouraging you to put a second mortgage on your house to give money to your church. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's what my wife and I feel led to do. We believed that was the proper step to take, and so we did it. Now, approximately 30 days from the date I mentioned it to the church that we were going to give 10% of the profit on our church, and I told them the amount Now, some of you are already upset with me thinking you shouldn't be saying that. That's terrible. And you're throwing big numbers out and making people feel uncomfortable. But that was not the purpose. See, the purpose was to believe that God was going to bless it. And therefore, if God could bless my wife and I that way, then God can bless them in their finances. And they should step out in faith and and begin to give to the church and trust God that he's going to bring forth the finances that they need. So some time went by and I stood before the church and I said, okay, remember when I made that statement, my wife and I were going to give $35,000 as 10% of the profit that we'd make on our home. And I just want to let you know something, we made a mistake. It, it seems that I was off the amount of the profit that we'd make. Now I have to apologize to you folks because I told you that I would make a certain profit. Well, I can tell you right now they were shocked because I told them that the amount that I said I would make as a profit was smaller than what it turned out to be. I guess the Lord decided he wanted to teach me a lesson that he could do better than what I was asking for. Isn't that interesting to think that God can do better than what we ask? That's why I believe sometimes we should say, Father, just bless us the way you want to bless us. Don't put a specific amount on it and say, Lord, I need a thousand dollars. Just say, Lord, I need a financial blessing. Would you bless us? Because he may have more intended for you than what you even know what to ask. So getting back to the house, we made a, I had to tell the church now, we made a larger profit than we expected. So I reached into my pocket and held up another check payable to the church for $7,000. That was an additional 10% of the profit that we had made. Now, please do not misunderstand what I'm talking about. I am not bragging. I am not boasting. I am not being arrogant in any way, shape, or form. I just want to let you know that God wants our faith to expand. He wants us to trust Him with all of our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll direct our path. I use that example because it happened in my life. Not to boast, but just to show you there's things that we can do and trust God for when we don't have the answer. We don't know what it's going to be. We can call forth those things that are not as though they are. We can just simply say, God, I need you to bless this situation. And so therefore, Father, I call it forth in the name of Jesus that I'm going to be blessed, that I'm going to prosper, that I'm going to be healed, that our lives, our marriage will get greater, get better and better all the time, that our kids will grow up and be godly young men and women and just claim those things and call it forth and believe for it and just wait and see what God's going to do when you pray that way and we have faith to believe and trust God for great results. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't explain something else on that house deal. When the home sold, we paid off the first and the second mortgages to be debt-free. This is what we felt impressed to do after we had prayed and came into agreement as a married couple, which is the way we should make all decisions of any substance or any amount. As a married couple, we should pray together and believe together. So now let me give you a little review of what we learned in today's message. Let me just quote a few things that I've written. I'll take a couple quotes out of the book that I've written. If you're wondering what this book is that I refer to, it's entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. 
and it's my book. I wrote it. The Lord gave it to me. And if you'd be interested in obtaining that book, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you pull it up, you'll find that book and other books dealing with faith, dealing with generosity, dealing with how to get out of debt, and even a couple books written on the subject of veterans and the help that they need. But let me just review very quickly some of the points that we've learned, and hopefully you'll walk away from this teaching and you will have caught concept of just believing and calling forth those things that are not as though they are. First of all, we must all remember all we have to do to work in the light is to call it forth. Remember, I taught you about me working in the dark and my wife said, there's a lamp on your desk. Why don't you just turn it on and get the light that you need? Now, let me just tell you, there's a Bible somewhere in your house or somewhere near you. And if there isn't, go to your church and buy one or borrow one or or ask a friend for one or just get on Google and ask for Bible references and things that you need in your life. And those scriptures will come to light. Turn on the light. You could use your cell phone to do that. Another thing we talked about was a lot of people struggle with faith because all they know, all they really understand is what they see. They've got to see it to believe it. But the Bible tells us, blessed are those who cannot see, yet they believe. And I believe that's what we've got to do in order to increase our faith and believe for greater works. After listening to these podcasts, you will be able to trust the Lord to bring forth things in your life that currently do not exist. I believe it. Otherwise, I wouldn't spend the time teaching this to you and bringing it to you. My purpose in this is to help people understand and believe for something they cannot see. The whole premise of this teaching on faith is to increase your faith, to see great results from your prayer life. But you just won't get it if you just simply read this book that I've written or if you listen to these podcasts. We need to do more. We need to get the Word of God out and start reading the promises of God. Believe that God's promises are yea and amen. That means they're positive. That God has great positive teachings in His Word to help us get through all the trials that we face each and every day. So I'm going to tell you something. This is not something that's easily caught but it's something that must be caught in order to see our faith grow. It must be something that we seek and we desire in order to see God do a great work in your prayer life and help you to see results that you couldn't even imagine or think were possible. In closing, as I've mentioned before many times, I've faced physical problems and challenges that were life-threatening. I've been told on several occasions I had very short time to live, but God's promises were greater than the challenge. And that's the way it's going to be in your life. His promises are going to be greater. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to wait any longer. Or if you're not sure if you're going to make it to heaven or not, you don't have to wait any longer. All you have to do is commit your life to Christ and ask for forgiveness. So let me lead you in a prayer. And this prayer is one for those who are not sure of their relationship with God, or they're not sure whether they're going to heaven or not, or they simply have never sought God for direction in their life. So if you'll pray this prayer with me and believe it, Christ will come into your life and give you a new hope and a new future. Father, I pray you would bless it. Repeat these words with me. Heavenly Father, I need you. I need a Savior. I need someone to help me through life each and every day. So I believe that the Bible talks about Jesus coming to save the lost. And I believe that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But Lord, I've sinned. I've fallen short of your glory. So on this day, I turn my life over to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I receive him today, right now, 
as my Lord and Savior, and I promise to serve him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you've never prayed it before, I can tell you right now, you're a child of God. If you prayed it with an earnest heart, a sincere heart, and believe it, and, and, and really believe it in your heart that Jesus gave his life for you and that he's forgiven you of your sins. You're a new creation now. You're a new person, the Bible says. And I can tell you, the next thing you need to do is get a Bible and find a good church, a Bible church that preaches the word of God, the truth. If you do that, your life will change and has changed drastically. So thank you again for listening in to today's teaching. And we're going to continue in this series on faith. I've got many, many more lessons to teach. We're going to get into subjects like God believes in us and he'll increase our faith. We're going to talk about an anticipation of joy. We're going to talk about avoiding the victim mentality and how if you do that, it'll increase your faith. We're going to talk about that giving of ourselves, not just our finances, of giving of our talents and what we have is key to receiving greater faith. We're going to get into talking about greed, that it's a roadblock to life. It's a roadblock to increasing the faith that we have, that we want to have, and that we desire to have. We're going to also talk about the new challenges that will face us when our faith increases. And also, at the end, I'll wrap it all up. Maybe this may be a few months off, but I just kind of like to look forward a little bit. We're going to talk about how receiving faith, it's in the blood. It's in the blood of Jesus. And also, the best is yet to come. These are topics that I discuss in my book, and I believe they're going to be a blessing to you. I know they blessed me as I wrote it, and I hear from people all the time that what a blessing it has been for them to to get that book on faith. So, Father, bless those who listened in today. I thank you once again for the opportunity that I've had, Father, to bring this lesson at this time to these people, Father, who are listening in. I pray you would bless it and prosper it. I give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're interested in any of the other materials that I have, I've mentioned it before, but in closing, I'll say it again. Just visit my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. There's information there for you. I'm sure that it'll help you and bless you. In addition to that, you can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, let me just say this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled How to Call Forth Your Healing. I think this is going to be a powerful teaching because God's word has power and strength that we can draw from to believe for our healing and in the healing of other individuals. So until next time, may God richly bless you.